You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, episode 7. I'm John and I'm joined by Chris and John Hayden. What's happening, listeners? Hey guys, how are you? Uh, I was actually tempted to welcome, like, say, oh, hi, I'm Jonathan, I'm joined by Stephen and Michael, because sports scenes were running <laughs> a bit like the podcast this year. Same three every week. Same, same three every week. Uh, no, that's a bad thing, because I quite like them, actually, on it. Um, so. Continuity in selection's always good. Aye. Unless you, got a, unless you got a light substitute off the bench, uh, scoring a winner. But, uh, well, we say continuity's great, but wait till next week. <laughs> aye. Yeah, sadly I won't be there next week, although how the listeners will take that, I don't know. Right, we might have Gaffer in next week, possibly. Let's see, he's got a busy schedule. Tonight he's at the fireworks. I don't know about fireworks, it must be Edinburgh. I assumed it was the end of the, the festival. Yeah. Hi, well, the, the last four weeks has been a bit of a comedy show at Town Castle. Hey! Oh. <laughs> Will we start there? It might. <laughs> it might not even have ended with the comedy show. I, I suppose we could start there, break from tradition and start with the, the interviewer getting... Aye, the interviewee getting the job. <laughs> interview. Aye, Craig Levine back in charge at Tincastle. I don't Though know. You could argue he's not, not been in charge. Aye. Uh, uh, even Hearts have been having a wee joke at that one. Did you see a Budgie's statement there? Uh, the, the announcement. <laughs> so it's a case of yes, this time he won't actually be picking the team. Is how they ended the, the, <laughs> the statement, which I thought was, was pretty good. It's, it's, it's a bit of a bit of comedy, I suppose. But you, you've got to wonder what they've been doing for the last few weeks. If the best option they've come up with is Levine taking charge properly, like from top to bottom. He's basically the manager now instead of the director of football and head coach. So. I don't know how that fits into Hart's plans. I don't know if I've done that because uh, the folk they interviewed either didn't want to work for Levine or weren't they good enough. Just it seems a bit... It, you wonder where Hart's are going to go with this because if this works, then does it prove that the model didn't work properly? Or if it doesn't work, what do they do then? <laughs> the director of football's not a good manager. There's a bit stuffed then. So it's, it's a bit of a risk. Yeah, I, I mean, the way I'm reading into it is, you know... The, a lot of people just couldn't have been wanting to work under Levine and it's actually came to the board have asked him can you just be the manager now you know and I think the only one that really was, came out and said they was really interested was Daly but I think it's clear that he's not going to be good enough well obviously not because he's not got the job but um, I think it may have come too soon for him to take it permanently um, but that's that's the way I'm reading it maybe I'm just being cynical but apparently Levine still has his seat in the board um, but he just doesn't get to carry out his fantasy of you know, being in charge without actually having to be in charge. <laughs> Aye. You have to imagine, I know last night's sports scene they were talking about whether um, the game against Motherwell was a review for John Daly to get a job. You have to think, though, it wasn't uh, decided on that whether Daly was going to get the job or not. Whether he was even a candidate as far as the board was concerned. I don't know. I don't, I don't you know wonder what's going to happen to us, mate. As well, he might stay on, just work under uh, Levine as his assistant. So, 
Maybe <laughs> pretty good. I mean, I'm, it's, I've had this discussion with Laurie earlier on. It's, it's not that Levine was a particularly bad manager for Hearts' first spell. Um, I, I don't personally think he was a, a standout. I mean, um, he, ne- he never made any cup finals with Hearts uh, a, in a period that certain Rangers were pretty dominant anyway. Um, but I mean, he was consistently third for a couple of seasons. They were a tough team to play. Um, there's a belief they were a bit defensive. I don't think that's really fair. Um, but I'd like said Craig Gordon came through when he was uh, the manager. So he, he developed a few of the players. So it, Obviously, the the likes of Hartley and, and Presley as well, the the record in three as it became known later on. But yeah, he was he was reasonably successful without winning anything at Hearts. I mean, the closest he came to winning anything as a manager was um, the League Cup final in two thousand eight, and he was at Dundee United at the time. So yeah, I mean, he's got a, a steady enough track record from his time with Scotland with Hearts and um, United. I mean, you shouldn't just be judging what he did with Scotland because let's be honest, there's been a few managers, including. The, current one that are following and by that way said which is something will come down on to later but um, you know it's just the fact that you know it's taking them four weeks to get to the guy who's in the director of football and why didn't they just say in the first place do you want it um, but I think they've basically turned around and says listen you're going to have to take it because nobody will work with you yeah. apart from John Daly it, it smacks of a we don't have any better options so that's all I need to do kind of appointment I mean, and Billy Davis um, turned the, the job down. No, that's just the uh, typical Billy Davis thing. He's too big for his boots. I remember the time he was in for the Scotland job, but turned, but he then felt it was disrespectful that he was being asked to be interviewed to, um, for the job, even though he'd just been sacked by Darby at the time. So, yeah, it's not like Billy Davis to think he's bigger than what he is. I think Hearts have maybe dodged a bullet there, to be honest. Uh, he's probably waiting in the bull Pedro getting the, the tin tack at the Ibrox. Maybe this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, aye. Moving on to the charity bets. The first goal scorer, we had Craig Moore. Now, Air did score first, but unfortunately it wasn't him that scored first, it was Higgins. Uh, and then we also had Air in the charity bet. The main bet, they lost 2-1 to our both. We had St Mirren and United both teams to score. St Mirren won 3 0. No one that came up was fit in Fairland, they won 4 0 at Dumbarton, so aye, pretty poor week there. Yeah, it's not yeah, my fault, it was my bet. I mean, just come back to what you're saying there, that's still Fairland top of the, the three. 10 points for 12. Yes. Good start for them in aye. the championships, a bit of a surprise, you could say. Aye, you've got Falkirk at the other end with 1 point out of 4 games. Aye, that, that, they had a surprise Which, in that division, but um, I mean, like them and Breakin are sitting at one point. So, uh, I mean, the, the other teams that are up at the top of the championship, not going to say St. Martin, Dundee, Wrighty, they're all the teams you'd expect to be there, but they're firmly leading the way. It's a, a pretty good run for them. And then, um, uh, it's, it's probably worth noting there are two teams with 100% record in Scotland, the other one being uh, in League Two. The leaders, uh, Stirling Albion, four wins out of four. I was reading something about that game that uh, Jim McAnally said to the player who gets sent off, thank you, surname is Scott. Um, it's his eighth red card and he says he will not be playing for this club again whilst I'm manager. The pennies just dropped that he's now a liability after eight red cards. Yeah, okay. Not good, not good at all. 
Um, just as a, a bit's Wraith Rovers leading League One, don't think any of us are surprised by that. Like most of us tipped the likes of Wraith Rovers to come up and Air United to be up there as well. They're sitting second, so it's uh, it's, it's looking <laughs> look at my fridge that way to be honest. Um, but as I said, the, the, there's two teams in Scotland that have got 100% record, uh, and as far as I'm concerned, there's only one game to start with when it comes to the Premiership, and it's not the games on Sunday like sports seem to do, it's the seven-goal thriller. You know oh, what, we're skipping by Celtic. Aye, we're by that. Well, I all started at three o'clock on a Saturday, so you start with the best one. What, the Celtic? Astada. Well, Champions League. Celtic and Astada. Oh, well, if you want to go back to the... That, that, I've pretty much... Forgotten about that. I know you want to revisit. I don't know. I know you don't want to revisit your heart, near heart failure last week, Chris. But we need to cover it for listeners. Well, I'll, 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 I will say this: that uh, I, I never quite reached the near heart failure aspect because I always felt Celtic would score, um, and they did. I mean, we even went in one each at half time. Um, it was the, the the very quick goals after that where we got two in a row. It went three one down, and then it went four one. And you start thinking, this is a bit dodgy because they've only just got three in 15 minutes. They still need another three. Um, they had a sitter that I didn't see because I was driving at the time, which is the one that everybody seems to mention at 4 1. But um, after that, uh, Celtic kind of made a couple of subs, seemed to steady the ship a bit and got another two goals. I think if that game had lasted any longer, we'd probably got at least a draw. Uh, I think that's done. We're gubbed once. Uh, and Jam got the second goal, and then Griffiths got the third as well. So. Um, not the best defensive way, uh, way to end our, our six games of qualifying with five of them we didn't concede but given that Simonovic wasn't risked in the, the plastic pitch we played a back to well, a central pair of near Beaton a midfielder and Christopher Ayer who was a midfielder this time last year so <laughs> uh, not exactly dripping in central defenders at the moment so he uh, conceded uh, four goals Aye. in that game I'm not too worried we'd, we'd already done the work for the five now in the first leg so um I think the the, the key there was not to concede five, and <laughs> we didn't only concede yeah. four. So well, everything else was point. On the there. subject, I on the subject of central defenders as well. I see the quote uh, medical didn't go through. So yeah, he's done something with his foot. I'm not. Uh, not I mean, I'm not a doctor, but um, it sounds like it was a, a bit unfortunate for him. It was almost done, and then he failed the medical. Um, so, whether Celtic will look to bring in another central defender before the, the transfer window shuts, and I think it's Thursday night, uh, remains to be seen. Yeah. We have finally finally confirmed uh, the return of a, another season worth of Patrick Roberts on loan from Man City today, uh, much to the delight of pretty much everybody at Celtic. Uh, more, Especially Kieran Tierney. Tierney. Yep. <laughs> uh, but uh, he seems to have switched numbers as well, he's now the number seven, which was vacated by Nadia Chiefty. You know, the, the, the number seven used to be a, a great uh, honour at Celtic. And the likes of Giannino and Freddie Lundberg and Latterway, yes, Nadia Chiefty have had it. So um, maybe Paddy can make it yeah. great again. Uh, should add, in terms of Champions League, Celtic were drawn with an interesting three of Bayern Munich, PSG, and Anderlecht. So you think maybe third place could be a chance? I can't imagine they're going to the top two. Um, know, I can't see it. It would, given the amount of money getting thrown about uh, by the likes of Paris Saint-Germain um, and others, because I've noticed that Barcelona have spent most of the money that uh, they got for Neymar, um, I, I would imagine uh, the top two, and that's going to be Bayern Munich and, and PSG. I mean, that that's two teams that have probably got aspirations to win the tournament, never mind qualify for the last 16. Yeah. So it's going to be difficult to get in off them. 
a game's a game, you never know what happened. Um, in previous seasons, we've certainly given our all at Celtic Park. Maybe not last season, we had better results on the road than we did at Celtic Park. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, it'll be good to see Bayern Munich get back at Celtic Park again. First time since 2003. Um, PSG haven't been there since 1995. Uh, and Anderlecht, oddly, were also in the same group as Bayern Munich the last time we got them. In fact, that season it was Bayern Munich, Olympic Lyon, the, the French team for the, uh, and, um, the Anderlecht. So it's, it's very reminiscent of the 2003-04 season. And we finished third in that group that season. So. Um, Will you be yeah, going to the home games? Um, I find it very unlikely that I'll get a chance to go because... It takes me time to re- arrange to get to these games, and given that they're wanting 150 quid for a three-match package, I don't think I'll be paying that for games I may or may not get to. So um, if I can maybe work away into getting one ticket out of three, I'll be lucky. I think I'll be watching them in daylight, but unfortunately. But um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I'm excited for the draw, and uh, like I say, the the although. But I mean, PSG will be the, the looking to finish top two. You very much think Celtic and Anderlecht will be fighting out for third place. And Anderlecht haven't started the season too well. Um, I think they were straight into the group stages, but the, the, the Belgian league has been a, a pretty poor start for them. They've been losing players. I think they, they sold uh, an 18-year-old wonder keeper just today. Gilliman's they sold as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've lost quite a few players. They're sitting 11th, uh, five points for five games in the Belgian League that's a full 10 points behind Bruges already they've got 5 out of 5 oh did you so. say they've sold you said they've sold the keeper as well is it Sleva um, I think so yeah I did on, it was only announced earlier today that he was away so um, they, they seem to be losing players rather than bringing them in it's, again there's still time for them to change that uh, depending on how the last few days of the transfer window go but um, yeah they seem to be they seem to be going the wrong way for Anderlecht, which is good news for Celtic if we can. Yeah, don't um, underestimate the opposition. That, you know, this is Scottish teams in Europe. You can't underestimate yeah. them, and that's where bananas can stay down. But I think this year, I think there's a better chance looking at it from the outside in that Celtic can finish third in the group. I don't think top two is realistic, yeah. unfortunately, because um, by making PSG is just far too strong the amount of money spent. I mean, I think the Neymar transfer, I think Celtic's budget alone is not even a quarter of that no it's no, that's what you're up against the, so, the um, money in football is scary so I, I don't think Celtic on any one game can possibly compete with Bayern Munich or PSG uh, but you're looking at having a bit of luck um, looking at players playing having maybe having an off night uh, everybody at Celtic playing at the best they can it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same thing as like Celtic's domestic unbeaten record but like any one team could beat Celtic in any day it just it needs things to align properly for it to work otherwise it won't and you need um, the centre-backs situation sorted um, before yeah. this I mean I see the transfer for that Rivaldo Cotza fell through as well yeah yeah. And so, right. if you've already covered that, but I've also been away for a couple of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> ah, we covered that one. We'll let you off. We'll yeah. let you off. <laughs> you will, yeah. Uh, aye. Um, yeah. So, aye, it's, it's, it'll be interesting when it comes up next uh, next month um, to see how, how the group goes out. The, the, the fixtures are falling quite nicely as well because PSG is the first team we play. Um, we then have two away games. Um, the, sec- well, the first one being Anderlecht. We finish at home at Anderlecht, which could be the crucial game. Uh, the double header against Bayern has us away first, so you, you kind of know what you're up against when you're away to Bayern. So maybe when you get back home, you can have to maybe stand a chance. Who knows what we can do in that? 
Yeah, you'll be the second Scottish team to play in the, the Allianz Arena after us in 2007-2008 season. Of course, yep, yeah, that's all right. They were building it when we were over there last time. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I went to Munich in 2003, so we passed it on the way to the airport when they were in the building unit at Allianz Arena, and for years I've been saying I would love to go back and see what the new stadium's like. Um, unfortunately, I won't be going to this game, but um, yeah, maybe we'll draw them again in another 15 years. <laughs> Four, 14 years, deck, I suppose, since 2003, so not far off. doesn't seem that long ago, right enough. Anyway, let's move on to the... The Premiership games, because I did mention a, a certain seven-goal yes. thriller. Aye, we'll, we'll start with the seven-goal thriller. Unlike uh, sports team, uh, who decided to start with the Ross County and Rangers game first. And, I never understand why they start with the Sunday game, because almost the first thing that was mentioned in commentary spoiled the rest of it, because they mentioned how uh, Rangers were already like six points behind Celtic and St. Johnson. And <laughs> why are you telling us this now? <laughs> So you, you, I if, you, I don't know the, if you don't know the results and you're sat and watch sports and you've just ruined it already three seconds into the programme it just yeah. it, it annoys me you, suppose, you should tell the story of the weekend and that starts with sometimes it's a lunchtime Saturday game sometimes it's a Friday night game that's where you start no sports team might start on Sunday well we've got four uh, three o'clock games so you pick one and you go hmm which one of the four was a good one <laughs> the one was uh, seven goals they do tend to like showing the Rangers or Celtic games first though mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they still have the whole, um, you know, the commentators um, sitting in the studio doing the commentary as if they were there when they actually weren't. That really annoys me. But the ridiculous, the <laughs> really ridiculous thing is, sometimes it's commentators that were there for the radio. <laughs> so you hear what Rob McLean or something doing the commentary for a game you heard on the radio doing, so he's got to be do his commentary from the radio game. It's ridiculous. You know. I know. So, but, uh, yeah, the game itself, bit of a thriller. Um, I would certainly made hard work of the game, I would say. Just a wee bit. Started off terrifically though, early doors. Christy. Uh, another goal, so that's him scored in three different competitions. Uh, yep. Was, yep. That, that was a shot from Logan, right? Ah, well, that's what sports team said, but played That's the two different competitions he scored and he didn't score in the League Cup. Did not? Kevin Klein got oh. the goal in that game. Oh, oh, it was still time. Aye, aye. it's going to. So, aye, after that though, aye, defending was pretty poor. Um, all all So, Erskine given too much space, but the kind of pass back was bad enough in the first place. Um, and then set pieces, which we didn't defend at all all day. Uh, they scored two from set pieces and there was another one. They could actually went ahead at 2-1. They had a kind of free header from a free kick. Um, so, thankfully, just before our time, uh, a blatant penalty shot by Banagher and Christie. Uh, uh, it should have been the second one. Because the first yes, one was a penalty. Been, uh, so one each when that uh, challenge and Christie happened. Right. So that, uh, uh, that was Banagher and the penalty. So, he'd have been off at that point. But uh, McLean stepped up and a terrific penalty. Um, as well as that, you had a terrific set-up from McLean for Christie, where Christie had it in the volley, but uh, Cherney managed to tip it over. Great save. So, oh, it was terrific. I love a bit of football, but first 15 minutes, Aberdeen did play really well, even though we're 2-0 down, like, a lot of nice interchanges in and around the box. May certainly added a different dimension uh, to what we've had before. A uh, lovely link-up play. 
only thing I would say I need to work on is defensive game set pieces because he was certainly involved in the second one but by Keon get a free header um, who should so have been on the back I should point out he, 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 I mean Keon was eventually sent off in the game but for me he should have been given a straight red for the, the elbow in May which yeah, came before he scored the defeat riser it's rather surprising but Partick Thistle were very physical. There was quite a lot of off-the-ball stuff for them. Mm. I don't know whether it's maybe something that Archibald and Parson have kind of spoke to him about saying they want to be a bit more physical, but yeah, there was quite a few, kind of few things. I think they kind of got away with it. I got the impression this weekend the referees were being very lenient. Because there's, there's a few incidents across the weekend where you would think, oh, only a yellow. But then, like, the key on one was one. I thought, like, Bannigan maybe could have had two yellows for the two penalties, but he got away with one of them, so... I don't, know, I don't know if the first yeah, one was going to be a yellow, it's just a bad tackle, I don't think it was in, in it or not. But, um, Scott Wright stepping up with a lovely bit of composure and skill to score. Uh, his goal was actually nominated for goal of the day and Sky, Sky Sports. Right, was all. I think it was a cracker. It was yeah. one, of the, one of the contenders. Uh, it was probably again, one of two from the Premiership. Aye. Uh, but yeah. again, he was really impressive. Like, just always demanding the ball, wanting the ball. Fullbacks don't know what to do because he'll go either way, which is good as well. So, kind of gives that different option. However, on the other side, Greg Stewart, I'd say again, was kind of slightly disappointing. Um, so, at the moment, I would say, I Scott Wright's uh, probably the number one winner on form, certainly. Um, <laughs> pleased to see Christie playing the number 10 role again because I do. I just think he gets the best out of him. Yeah, that, that's definitely his best position. I mean, even when he, yeah. in the, the few appearances he had for Celtic, um, it was definitely his, his, his more natural position where he was most useful. Um, it's just that he'll, he's more likely to get in the box and be on me, especially when we were playing now. Whereas McLean, because I doesn't do that so much, it tends to be that McLean's, if he does have a kind of shot or, or on goal, it tends to be from outside the box. So it's trying to get both of them in the team, which I think at times will mean probably Christie does have to play out wide, unfortunately. Uh, interesting thing though was that Shinny played left back on Saturday um, whether that's just a one-off or for the game but maybe McKenna just saw that that was a better option for Saturday maybe strike him in the Scotland squad <laughs> aye you'd need, yeah. need to play him at right back for that or um, you know, say that Shinny was play- or change Aberdeen's name to um, an English team so he gets in centre back <laughs> get, get, get on your Wimbledon as opposed yeah. to different bunch. Aye, exactly. Um, but so, no, it was a, a tough, aye, it was a, a good win for us in the end. Um, although it did show both sides, it's good going forward, but defensively we're still a wee bit shaky. Um, I noticed that Constantine has moved into centre as well. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say, we def- apart from set pieces, we didn't defend badly, because part of this one had three shots on target and did score. Apart from that, didn't really offer much. Um, it was just poor, poor defending at set pieces, really. So, yeah, but yeah, Rudy coming on and getting the win as well. Good for him. Did he? Uh, obviously, he's not featured. Well, did, I, I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced that it didn't go straight in. I get his shoulder. I get about his shoulder. I don't get his head because it kind of angle it went up. I don't think it, it hit his head. I, I mean, I'll, I'll give him the credit. Even if he doesn't touch that, he's taking the defence for a walk and confusing the goalkeeper. So if he hadn't touched that and Christie put it straight in, then that had a lot to do with it. But yeah, I mean, there wasn't a decent angle on the tail, if I'm able to tell. So, um, that'll give him a bit of 
it'll give him a boost because obviously he's yeah, injured and there's question marks over his um his place and the fact that, you know, that might get him off and running, it shows that he's still got a big role to play. And it looks yeah. as though that we're getting rid of um Stockton, it looks as though he could be going back to Exeter. Um so um I can't say I'll be too sad when that happens, but I do wish him all the best if it does. Neither will yeah, <laughs> talk of uh, Craig's story might be leaving before the window closes and Scott McKenna got out and loan somewhere so I don't know whether maybe McKenna's just still open to get one other in yeah, I'm, I'm surprised though he's still at the club to be honest because you know the um, lack of options I think in centre yeah. aye but he wasn't aye, even aye but he went to St Murnan and was on the bench largely he wasn't impressive enough for St Murnan they dropped him and got and started getting better results and it was quite. I thought he'd do well down there still after his performances for Aberdeen briefly but you know he's just not stepped up since well especially that Celtic game the, the 2-1 victory back in January 2016 or February 2016 it's probably just the fact we don't want to pay him off need to wait for maybe a club to be interested in him no but that's what I'm saying I'm surprised no one else has actually come in from but um, that's what it is but I think we still need um, I think we still need a defender maybe even a, whole, a proper whole midfielder because we don't really have that since um, you know Jack went. Um, you know, something to give the defence a bit of protection. But uh, I don't see Tansy's that type of player. Shinny's not that type of player. McLean certainly ain't that type of player. I wouldn't even say Jack was the best at it. Uh, we've got Arison who could probably play there, but mm-hmm. Arison's not really featured since he came back. So see what happens. But, uh, but I hard work, but we got the win and important one. She's dropping an international break. That's how much slower. Exactly. Yes. I should say for Partick Thistle, though, they've had a hard start because they've had Hibs, they've had St. John's and Celtic and us. So, not yes. the easiest of starts. Yeah. yeah, I think Thistle I think this will definitely pick up at some point. I mean, they're traditionally slow starters anyway, and they were bottom just before Christmas last year, and then they picked up and ended up in the top six. And it obviously helped the fact they were only probably about six points off the top six at that point, but um, I think they'll. I think they'll be fine. They'll pick up. They've got enough call. I think they'll see them safe. And as for us, we need. Um, it's good to have the the twelve points out of twelve because there's no doubt harder games for us to come later on. So it's nice to get the another victory under our belt. And even though we're not quite at our peak yet, we're still picking up enough yeah. points. That's very important as well for confidence. Uh, should add as well that uh, the stadium announcer announced that Keown had been named man of the match. Uh, obviously before they get sent <laughs> off um, and I it was fun seeing Keon leave the pitch anyway because uh, he was certainly there was a few choice words from him to the Aberdeen fans just a kind of standard cheerio kind of stuff from us but he, he wasn't too he wasn't too pleased what, anyway what, what father likes son well you said it I Incidentally, just so, in a, a separate note, um, you know, just hope that Gary McKay Stephen recovers from his unfortunate accident. Won't say any more about that, but no, good luck to him. Hope he recovers quickly. Yes. Uh, so, moving on to the uh, what was the top of the table clash? Yep. Celtic St George's. Uh, I haven't seen much of the game. <laughs> I've seen the goals. What what was happening there? I know obviously Rogers wanted to play football, but 
<laughs> I, who's, to, who's to blame? I have absolutely no Craig problem Gordon. with this whatsoever. It's Craig Gordon to blame because he makes a mess of it. I don't think there's a problem with what they were trying to do. I think pulling for the back is the way to go. I think that's the way they've encouraged to do it. I don't think... I don't think... The, I've seen a few people suggesting that Ralston shouldn't have given the ball back again the second time. I don't think he had a better option. I think the, the, the ball to Gordon was the right ball. The problem I have with it is Gordon then tries to play it outside his boot and it doesn't get it any distance whatsoever. So, that's the mistake. It's not the playing it out for the back. So, if they want to play it for the back, fine. Don't make silly mistakes like that and you'll be fine. Um, I think the, the funniest thing of this goal, though, was the fact that McLean put it in the net and then we just went, hey, I've scored, ha And then looked over and realised he was onside and then ran away celebrating. Yeah, it was like, oh, I've actually scored. Aye. <laughs> um, he missed an absolute... Um, guilt edge chance the second half that would have killed that potentially killed the game. You know, I, I I don't know if it's guilt edged. I think it was well blocked first time and then the second time he just couldn't direct it towards the goal properly. I don't think it was as guilt edged as some people say. You would you would hope as a striker to score that chance, especially given you're one 0 up, that puts you two 0 up. But I don't think it was as easy as some people made it out to be. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there. Um yeah, I'm also that, go- I'm also going to give Stephen McLean benefit of the doubt for the elbow into uh, Kieran Tierney what I'm not going to do is give the referee the benefit of the doubt because I've absolutely no idea what that decision is if he has seen what he thinks he sees it should be a straight red card the replay shows that all he actually tries to do is push him off it's not a, it's not a, an elbow or a punch or anything as some people made out he just tries to push Tierney away and Tierney happens to stumble at that point in time there's no contact there's absolutely no contact between the two and Tierney doesn't even seem to be phased by it. Just, they just kind of got on with it. So I don't understand why the referee has then booked McLean for it because if he's seen something that he thinks he's seen, it's a red card. It's not a yellow card. It's, it's, it's either nothing, which would have been the right decision, or it's a red card, which would have been the wrong decision. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean... It- it seemed to almost be something nothing, but then, I mean, the TV pictures may look worse than what it potentially um, was, but I, I agree with you, Chris, it's either red or nothing. Um, you know, even just a talking to between the two of them would have been sufficient, but, you know, to actually go and to produce a yell, you can show that, well, what kind of decision is that? But, um, yeah, Celtic after that, you know, just kept pressing, pressing, they eventually got the break, a bit of a lucky break into McGregor, but he finishes it very well. And again, putting a suggestion to Strachan, right, there, I'm scoring goals, I'm playing well. Give yeah. me a chance, maybe? No, but um, we'll come on that later. To, to be honest, that was probably the one bit of luck that Celtic had, because after that, we then hit the Bartwigs. Um So, it's, it's one of those odd games that Celtic probably could have won the game. St. Johnson did well to get a point. But a lot helped them in a way, as I was saying earlier. That's how you get results against Celtic. But um, I think uh, it would be unfair to say Manus didn't play his part as well because there was some really good saves um, throughout the at least the second half, maybe even the first half. But um, yeah, I mean, full credit to St Johnston came got the. But they might have wished they'd got the, the the full points, but I think once the equaliser went, and even Tommy Knight was happy to come away with just a point. Um, especially given they lost Murray Davidson after uh, less than a minute of the game. Uh, fortunately, uh, he's all right. Um, he was uh, taken away to hospital with a neck brace. 
Uh, it was unconscious at one point on the, on the park, so um, it's, it's unfortunately nothing serious there. Apart from losing maybe a couple of teeth. <laughs> In fact, it's the worst that came out with then you've done all right. But uh, a nasty one, so I'm glad he's all right. Another good result for St Johnson and another impressive performance under Tom Wright, um, who have made the subject of this week's blog, which is um, on the website. Oh no, he's going um, to get sick. Yeah. <laughs> you've blogged about a manager. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm sure someone will Don't ever do one Don't ever do one about Kenneth. No, I won't. Or Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> aye, I'll do Brendan Rogers when um, Celtic play Aberdeen. Oh, aye, aye. Mm-hmm. See if that works. We'll make sure we're betting Aberdeen <laughs> that week. <laughs> but uh, well done, he's um, continued your long and beaten record. Just, <laughs> but yep. I think it, I think there might well be encouragement. Some teams might look at that result and th- get a bit of encouragement, thinking we could actually Celtic could actually beat if we play it right. It's still going to be hard, but yeah. it will. I think eventually you will lose your unbeaten record, but well, you will ultimately end up winning the league. Yeah, it's, it's one of these. It's, it's it is going to come to an end at some point. It's at fifty three now. I know there's a few Celtic fans hoping just last a couple more because they will be going for fifty five. Um, but it's, it's it will inevitably come to an end at some point. Um, I, I just hope that when it does come to an end, it's due to some brilliant bit of football or something like that, and not some stupid or poor refereeing decision or or something or some just a mistake like it was in uh, the weekend. But um, yeah, it's, it's it will come to an end eventually. And if that's going to be the worst week that Celtic have on the bread and Rodgers, where we lose a game that still gets us through the Champions League and we then draw a game at home in the league, then we're doing pretty well. It's not actually the worst under Brendan Rodgers, because I said this at the weekend and I looked it up. The the week that we lost 7-0 to Barcelona was also the same week we drew two each at Inverness. So that's actually the worst week under Brendan Rodgers, and even that's not that bad. <laughs> so moving on, uh, Motherwell versus Hearts. Spoke a wee bit, obviously, about Bobby Moon back in. The Dundee Daily's last game in charge for now. And John, you got a score right. You are two on Motherwell. Yeah, I think I think last week we all had different outcomes. You know, John, you had a draw. Chris, you had a Hearts win. Yep. Um, so yeah, one of us was going to be right. Um, but no, Motherwell did well. Come back from a goal behind, and um, there was a contender for goal of the day there. And Louis Malt's effort. No, that was a. Great bit of skill. He's got that in his locker. Um, I mean, the lobby scored against Celtic last season. Um, but that one, no, he's almost turning away from. He was turning away from goal. There's not a lot of back left, but he just gets up and down so quickly. It was just a brilliant piece of finishing. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. I mean, credit to Tate for winning the ball back as well. But the the finish is exquisite. It's, it's, it's now a debate as to which was a goal, which was a better goal of the weekend. Was it this one or was it Wright's and everything game? You guys aren't allowed to vote. You should be biased. I right. I go for. Oh, both good goals anyway. But uh, Mo also set up the first one as well. Did just score, but set up the first one. Uh, he just wandered out to the left hand side and the the switch put it right and then all of a sudden he came and headed the ball um very well across the face goal, you know, picking out Bowman who had an easy task. Um Hearts need to you know you know, that's them now finished their four games away from home. They'll need, they'll be hope they'll be glad to get back at home at some point, although their next home game isn't actually at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's at Murrayfield. <laughs> 
I'm not sure that's a, an improvement or not. I mean, they've played at Murrayfield before, but it's, it's like, usually like friendlies and European games and stuff. So it's, uh, it's, it's not it's not exactly far away. It's like, like you could probably turn ten castles out of a car park from Murrayfield. It's that close. Um, not a suggestion you do that. <laughs> but I might have done that a few years ago, right enough. Um, but nah, it's it's, uh, it's been difficult for Hearts, and I think they've not done too badly. I don't think. I mean, it was always going to be difficult at Celtic Park. Um, got the win at Rugby Park, got the draw at Ibrox, they went to Motherwell, alright they've lost to Motherwell, that's maybe the, the toughest of the, the, the four results so far, but it's, it's, it's still not that bad a run, I mean they're, they're sitting eighth in the league having played four away games. <laughs> but for Motherwell, you know, a lot of people have tipped them to be in the bottom two, and that's them now, you know, down six points. Yeah, back to back wins as well. What's yeah. that, sorry, John? Back to back wins as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're still not exactly the, the the biggest shock when it comes to who's been tipped to go down, though. Well, that's got to be fourth place, like a, fourth place Hamilton. Kilmarnock and Hamilton, aye. We've resilience as well after being tuned down. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the most impressive thing. I mean, draw. like Kilmarnock are sitting there with their, their point, the first point on the board, but uh, you feel them to be raging that wasn't the all three. I mean, two and a half in El Plastico. What, one, uh, one point after four home games. That's it. That's it. I mean, we're sitting with none out of three to start with, so you would think picking up any points at all would have been good, but not in the manner they've done it. It's just, I mean, like, they were, they got a bit of luck with Longridge reflecting the ball into the net for the opener. Um, but Irwin, with a big punt up the park and running on yeah. But did he start from his own half? Did they say that in sports league? Don't know. No sure. Um, Cause there was, I don't know what Stevie Smith's thinking about um, with the penalty. Oh no, no, it's that, that's what gets him back in. Yeah, it's, like, I mean, yeah. Well, obviously the the first goal got him back in there, but that one was a. He was going nowhere, and they took him out. It was why did you make that challenge? What I think that the, the other question on that one is: Did Andrew Dallas actually see it, or did they consult his linesman? Because I don't think looking at the the replay, I don't think Andrew Dallas seen it at all. It was I think a crowd he of bodies. Linesman. The linesman definitely had a clear view. Yeah. The linesman had an absolute perfect view, so I would hope he got it. he was the one to give the call. Got it right, that's the important thing. That's what he used the assistant for. Going back to Aberdeen, give out say I mean it's the assistant that gave the penalty for for Aberdeen as well. I think Martin was ready to just let play continue. Uh, but I know assistant give it. Yeah, that's what you want. No, is that this? I mean, the assistants are there to assist. It's no longer the days of they just pop a flag for the sake of it. Uh, you know, it's all about the communication. You know, because they're all mic'd up to each other as well, apparently. Um, so it's good that they're helping out where the referee cannot see it. Yeah. Um, you no, know, so give them credit where it's due. That's the point. Um, I mean, that, mostly, mm-hmm. that that to me was always a difference between calling them an assistant referee and a linesman. Because if all you're going to do is run the line and be a linesman, fair enough. But if you're, if you're actually going to be called assistant referees, you should assist the referee. And this is exactly the kind of scenario you're looking for. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've, we've slated referees um, rightly or wrongly before, so we might as well even the balance out a little bit and give them the credit where it's due. So, no, well done. Oh, I should, I, I should say, apart from uh, giving the penalty, it was useless. Uh, so, I'll leave it up. <laughs> he, 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 was, he was terrible apart from that so there you go we can't, we can't, have, we can't have, have a said too many nice things about it if I suppose we got a bit of balance there yeah. Yeah. good strike with Scondras to get uh, pull one back for Hamilton I thought it was a 
a very sweetly taken volley. Mm-hmm. That was a very good goal. But yeah, Martin Cannon and Hamilton making a mockery out of most of us again. Mm. You know, a I solid th- start to the season. To me, they're, they're not just picking up the results, they're actually playing quite well. I mean, that goal was, was obviously pretty well uh, scored. The the goal against Hibs, the, the third goal last week, was an absolute cracker. Um, so, I mean, what, what do you want Hamilton to do? They're playing good football, they're picking up results, they're sitting fourth in the league. Mm-hmm. They're the top table. Yeah. What's up? So, um, I mean, at the other end, you've got Kilmarnock. Apart, I think Lee McCullough called it seven years of atrocious home form for Kilmarnock, which makes a bit of a mockery for anybody that claims it's the plastic pitch. It's making Kilmarnock play that garbage. That goes back long before that. The, the thing is, if anything, with these plastic pitches, you would think the home team should have a better record because the away teams aren't used to playing them. Yeah. Except it doesn't work that way. Cause, I mean, even, I don't think no. that Hamilton have got that kind of record either. And they no, they've not got the greatest record. Because they're obviously the other team that have got the plastic pitches. Like, hence, I called it El Plastico. Um, I don't think that'll catch on. It's a dreadful <laughs> written nickname. Aye. <laughs> well, I was, call, I was calling that the plastic derby and sort of. I see. You should, you should need to go with the Spanish one. El Plastico. It sounds better. Aye. Uh, but I moving on Sunday two games Ross County Rangers as well start with that well I would start with Dundee Hibs because it was the first game of the day yeah <laughs> um, I, I, I would like to say Stephen Whitaker may have got Fanny of the week but um, he, he probably lost it a few years later I, 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 Stephen Whitaker was one of these players who could be good one week and absolute garbage the next. And this game, he seemed to be both in the one game. Sports scene tried to suggest this wasn't a penalty for Dundee. Um, I would suggest Whitaker dives in, and had the guy not dived, to take him out. So it, for me, this is one of those give the penalty but book the dive option. I know again, not the rules, but. I really wish it was because it sounds like a great idea. But I, I, th- I think well, this is just stupid for Whitaker. He was asking to get a, a penalty conceded. So, um, yeah, I heard Andy Walker described um, Deacon's dive as great professional play. What a surprise coming from. Oh, of um, course he did. Mister endorser of um, diving. Yep. and cheating. Can't stand that. Oh, it's 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 hard to criticise him because, like I say, if he does stand up, Whitaker takes him out. So if you're diving out the way to stop getting injured, fair enough. But he's clearly just diving to win a penalty. Um, and it worked because you got it. So, uh, what is that? to me, what I said, Whitaker was taking him out. So, I can't really argue that it's not a penalty because yeah. Whitaker was never getting the ball. That was clear. And Dundee should have gone two 0 up as well because Holt had a chance. Yeah, head out of that post as D- well. Dundee seemed to be missing a lot of these great chances in the first few weeks of this season. Um, obviously, that's, they picked up a point in this game, which is the first point in the season. But uh, I mean, there's been other games where they've. I mean, there was a game against Hamilton where they probably had the better of the chances and lost 2-0 so um, that was a not not a great thing because obviously Hibs then did um, did score with the, the Stokes equaliser well I say Stokes equaliser I'm going to give it to Stokes I think everybody's giving it to Stokes but Michael Stewart was determined to give it to the defender knocking it his own net Uh, and this is where yeah. Whitaker maybe made up for his mistake earlier because it was a good, it was a cracking cross into the box. Um, so Whitaker probably took himself out of this entirely. Uh, but I mean, the Hibs should probably should have went on to win this game. Just it was uh, it was Hibs versus Scott Bain eventually, and Bain stood up to the test, yeah. pulled up some good saves. 
Um, I don't think they needed much of a chance in the second half. I think he'll back to he had a, an option, a chance, but that was about. So. Yeah, I think I think Bain was the main difference between uh, three points Habs and one point. You know, he made a couple of real good saves. Although there was a couple, of, there was one incident in particular where I think Barker was almost going through and he overhits the ball, overruns the ball, and Bain's out on top of him. But he still makes a good save, to be fair to him. Yeah. Um, but he is a good keeper, Bain, in his day. Yeah, um, it's unusual that he hasn't been called up for Scotland. Uh, he was—he's never first choice, but he, he tends to get in the Scotland squads. But he's in wrong—he's in the wrong side of the table, Rich. That's up. Should say, Ryan Barker will be a good addition for Hibs. Look lively, decent option. Odd load from Man City. I like Lennon's um, interview where he says um, once once we give away our um, customary goal a game we were actually the best <laughs> how many is that have you conceded already is it seven yeah seven, seven in four games have conceded so uh, I can see his point <laughs> but they've also scored eight so they're certainly doing it at one end of the park if not the other oh, oh are we evacuating the building no, nope, that is my baby monitor alarm. <laughs> Saying the battery's nearly dead. As it always happens. <laughs> but you and I are not the baby monitors, Chris. No. <laughs> That's such as the way for parenting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gotta love it. Anyway, um, move on to our Sunday game. We may as well start with it, right? What is Fox doing? <laughs> I thought he had a whistle. He thought he had a whistle. That's Fanny of the week. By far. It is ridiculous. It's like he tackles the guy and goes, right, I've completely forgot you are there now. Aye, did he, yeah. exactly. Did he forget he was there? You've just taken the ball off him. How can you forget? It's ridiculous. It's, it's one of those ones that's going to be shown for years on end. Now, look at this keeper making a complete mess of things. You know, the yeah. goalkeepers do the funniest things, kind of clip shows or whatever it is yeah, I I've seen, seen it was it Malambe or Darren Mackey Malambe and Lee Miller it was yeah, last aye. game of the season that year oh, it's just it's Jimmy Calder's last game utterly <laughs> yes. utterly ridiculous to get caught out with that and it's ultimately it's been costly because it's not like they were already 1-0 down at that point which is fair enough right? I mean it's a, a good crossing header pretty simple Um Disappointing goal for them to lose uh, that way. But at 1 0, you're in with a chance. When it goes 2 0, you've kind of blown up by that point. And Rush County then came out and maybe the better team in the second half. Uh, got the goal back through Mickelson, which was fair enough. It was a good goal. Um, they had their other, a few other chances. Um, certainly, Tavernier looked rotten. As far as I was concerned, they, they picked him out for the goal, wandering away from Mickelson. Um, but there was other incidents in this, but it was just caught out of position and running the wrong way. And it's just, it doesn't seem to be the player he was a couple of seasons ago for Rangers. Maybe he was a caravan and heard a dog barking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think certainly for Metavier is that he's, he's already going forward, but defensively, uh, he's. He's, he's not much, not much use. Oh, he's a terrible defender. He is, he's very he's absolutely terrible um, at the back. Um, I mean, this is, you'd be better off playing him as a right winger and having Lee Hodgson as a right back. You know, I don't understand why they persist with him as a you know, a right back, to be honest, but um, 
But they got the win. And they, to be fair yeah. to Rangers, it's a tough place to go and get three points. We'll give them the credit when it's due. And, um, they, they, they started the game well, from what I heard. Got their, their goal. Got an absolute gift and took advantage of it. Um, they won't get a better gift than that all season. Then they killed the game right at the end. Yeah, I mean, uh, and the Mexicans were seen as well. The Mexicans came off the bench. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, I mean, it's two goals for Mor- Morelos, was his name? And then one for uh, yeah. Herrera. So. Herrera. And that's Rangers' first ever win against Ross County. I would say, not certainly the first league win because they only met for the first time last season. Um, I don't know if I can't think that they've played each other in a cup. So I think they've played once in a cup years ago. Um, league cup, I might have been to research that, but um, yeah, certainly the first league win because the three, the three games were also draws last last season. Yeah, um, but it's a tough place to go, Ross County. Um, Although Ross County haven't, after winning the opening game, that's them three defeats in a row. It's not good at the moment. Yep. Uh, I mean, just in, in terms of stats, it's, it's Rangers' fifth straight away victory, and yet their home form has been pretty poor. It's just, they're a very hit and miss at the moment, so um, it's almost they'd almost be glad to be on the road. Um, but unfortunately, they're in the next games at home. Anyway, I need to ask, did you see the it's strange between Sutton and Coutinho? I didn't, but I've heard them getting absolutely oh. apoplectic about it. Um, Did you see it, John? Apparently, it's disrespectful. Oh, I, I, saw, I saw, I saw a clip of it. Um, he was asked, Sutton asked the question, you know, have you got the best squad in Scotland? And he says, I'll always say that, even if I'm the Ross County manager, I'll say I've got the best squad in Scotland. It just proves the point that you know he's just a blatant liar. <laughs> I, 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 under, I understand the theory of wanting to talk up your players um, but when you yeah but don't bullshit it yeah you're, you're either not very good at getting your point across or you are actually talking nonsense um, I'm prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's not good at getting his point across maybe you should stop I doing it I was asking him what's, what's, what Celtic players would get into the Rangers team and, <laughs> and he couldn't answer he was refusing to answer he was like no answer well, to be fair, that is a stupid question to ask uh, the, the Rangers manager. I wouldn't, you, if you're going to talk to the Rangers manager, talk about the Rangers squad, don't talk about somebody else's squad. Mm-hmm. And so you may as well sit there and go, so which, what guys out of the Man United squad would you want? Or what guys would you want out of Bayern Munich? Or what guys would you want out of Barcelona? So it's of no relevance. Mm-hmm. So I talk about the squad he has. I talk about, well, I try and talk about the the, prospect, the prospects coming in or... Like, do you know we don't even talk transfer rumours? That's the thing. If you're not going to talk transfer rumours, you're not, certainly not going to talk about players in other squads. You've got, you've got no chance of getting in. It was amusing to watch, though, and see Kachina getting worked up about it. That was fun. I think certain's done it for you know entertainment as much, you know, because that's his style and you know, antagonise people and you know just because it makes good TV. He does make good um, points a lot of the time, certain, but other times he will overstep mark. I think he did to some extent with that interview with Cassinia. But then for Cassinia, just be a bit more honest. You know, it's none of this best squad in Scotland rubbish yeah. saying that a few of the Ross County managers. That's really flipped in my, my point of view. The, the problem with Chris Sutton is that he usually makes good points when the good point could be controversial but is actually right. Any other time, he tends to just try to be controversial for the sake of being controversial. So I think it's more a case that he, he tries to be controversial all the time and every so often he's right. I think it's more that kind of thing. So, 
Hey, it puts it probably puts subscribers onto BT Sport. It probably takes subscribers off BT Sport as well because people get annoyed about it. But, I mean, about a couple of seasons ago, I was warning about Chris Sutton because he was digging into like Ronnie Dyla's team every so often. It's, like I say, it's just the way it is. He's not had too much to dig at Celtic because Brendan Rodgers is on a big undefeated run. It's quite easy to pick and like you've seen you at the moment because he does come away with these bizarre statements that I've seen Rangers fans spinning, I must admit. Um, but he's, he's, he's trying to rally the cause and he's trying to get Rangers to be as, as close to the top of the, the table as possible. But whilst we're on the subject to BT, what's happened to Rory Hamilton, the new commentator? He's not been heard since the Dundee Derby um, second time around. It's been Rob McLean for the couple of league games and it was Ian Dark for the Champions League games. Yeah, I wondered that as well. I mean, I'm not a big Ian Dark fan. Um, I'd imagine he'll be away doing other Champions League games when we get to the group stages, but um, yeah, it's, it's pretty odd that he's just he's disappeared. I'm not a huge Rob McLean fan either, but um, he's, he's probably a, a better known voice. So That's uh, a good question, what's happened to him? So that probably concludes the review for the Premiership. We went to Scotland. Mentioned it earlier about McGregor. Probably for the hard done by initially, but he probably feels a bit harshly done by by the fact that Fletcher and Kearney pulled out, and yet Morrison, who's only played at the weekend, they get called up ahead of Strachan's favourite shit again. Yeah, it's going to be his downfall. It's, it's, it was his downfall at Celtic. It'll be his downfall at Scotland. He just is a stubborn wee man uh, that will not listen. And the more you the more you try and pick away at it, the more ingrained he gets. He just stands his ground about it. Um, uh, it's, it's almost getting to the point I wouldn't be surprised if Cal McGregor doesn't get picked until Strachan has left the job now, which is, is a bit of a shame. But um, I think, I mean, I'm not entirely sure what Strachan was trying to say today with the whole, uh, you need to understand the kind of player that I'm looking for. Um, so uh, what kind of player are you looking for a, a midfielder that can score goals one that's got Champions League experience and we, Callum McGregor's probably better off than half the Scotland players that he has picked I, 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 like you say, I, don't get, I, I don't get why he's picking players that aren't getting a game at the moment this has always been my, one of my bugbears when it comes to national football Ah, and the fact that he's he's um, said for friendlies that they're being used for guys who aren't getting games for a club just now, that's not the job of a national team manager. That's up to the club manager to play their players, not the international manager. Um, and it's, it's just so stubborn. Um, um, I wish I was confident going to this game, Lithuania, but this is always the time of game that we always fail in. In fact, we were lucky, very lucky to get away with a draw with them at Hamden back yeah. in October last year. Um, and I know we've had a couple of decent performances against Slovenia and uh, England, obviously, but I still worry about this game, especially get especially right back situation because we don't have a right back that's playing well. Tierney um, will probably play there, I would think. Yeah, yeah I think we're going to have to play Tierney there, but then he might even play Tierney at centre half. But the best centre half I've got, as I mentioned last week, probably Mulgrew, who's playing in League One with Blackburn, who haven't started great. Yeah, because the way you say we don't have a right back, but Stephen Whitaker got the call up, remember? So I wouldn't be surprised if he plays. And I've just spent the last five minutes the slating him. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Whitaker starts, and that would be shocking if it was. Because there's a reason why he's back at Hibs, because he wasn't good enough to play for Norwich last season. Yeah. 
amongst other things. And Anya's still not getting games for Darby Kenny. He'll be used as a right back as well. Probably. Yeah. We don't have a lot of defenders we can pick from, unfortunately. We don't. I mean, no. we seem to have an abundance of left backs to the point that Shannon doesn't get picked. I know he doesn't play left back much, but he's still an option. Um, we don't have any right backs apart from Whitaker, so I'm not surprised Whitaker's back in the squad. Um, we've been playing Tierney there, which has worked to a certain extent, but it's a bit of a waste of Tierney. We don't have much in the way of centre backs. It's just there's just nothing coming through in defence at the moment, other than left back. It's just weird because I remember a time we used to struggle for left backs, but that's uh, seems to be the way we're going. I mean, I I, is there anything coming through elsewhere that we don't know about that they could play centre back? I can't think of anybody. Even the Celtic, I mean, it's like we've got Ralston, we've got Miller, right back and left back. They're the guys that are getting been playing against uh, somebody else this we played this season. But it's just the central defence seems to be the biggest problem, and I cannot for a life miss like a way to solve it. So I mean, I've got a lot of sympathy for Gordon striking in that aspect. Maybe we need to play a zero four six or a zero six four to play no defenders <laughs> to play all attack. <laughs> How brilliant that There's be. no chance of tracking doing that. <laughs> what, what, what formation are you playing? Charge. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two games. We've got Lithuania on Thursday night, which is the big game because it's away. Friday night. Is it Friday? Friday night. Yeah. Aye. Is it for Friday, Monday? Is that what it is? Yeah. Because we're all home to Malta on Monday, which I've got a ticket for, so we should be going, which means the podcast is probably going to be recorded on Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll be I'll be away to Haven on, on Monday, so I doubt I'll even get to see it. I just hope my caravan doesn't move after hearing dogs barking. That's twice. <laughs> I can't help it. It's you know it's been ingrained in the oh, the mind after that quote. Yeah, it's it's it is one of those ones. It reminds you of the the cantina when the seagulls follow the draw. It's because I think it's fishing the net off. Or is that quote? Whatever they went. What are you talking about? <laughs> did he not say it was some? It's like an old Portuguese phrase. Yeah, yeah. Pablo Mourinho yeah. said it whilst he was under pressure at Chelsea before he gets sacked. Ah, okay. Is that an woman then? <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully not. But no, come back to um, Scotland. We need six points. Yeah. Will we get them? I don't think so. No. If I we get them, though, we're back. We are back in the bad chance, but I. Uh, yeah, I mean, because Slovenia and Slovakia play each other. Yeah, Friday, they, they play each other on Friday. Slovenia and England on a Monday. They want that game to be a draw. England are in Malta, so I can imagine that's an England one. Um, but yeah, the the Monday games. I mean, I probably not care about the Monday games if we don't beat Lithuania, to be honest, because we're going to beat Malta, surely. Although it's a Scotland, you never know. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you hope England beat Slovakia, Slovenia, Lithuania? Proper fancy Slovenia should win that. But you never know. Um, so yeah, you're, you're looking for a, a draw for that Friday night game right enough. Mm-hmm. I need to wait and see. But uh, it's let's do our job first, and then we'll worry about how the other teams going. They all kick off no, at the same exactly. time. Enough, so we'll know as it's going. But we need we absolutely need to beat Lithuania. Yeah, but the Slovakia result doesn't matter unless um, if we don't beat Lithuania. It's as simple as that. We've given ourselves a lot to do because of the awful start of the campaign. Um, including that draw with Lithuania last time. Yeah. So I just hope we're, we play a lot better. Um, but it's a, on plastic pitch. Oh, good. 
<sighs> Let's just hope Lithuania have got a record like Kowalik then in the plastic pitch. <laughs> we'll be alright. No, because I don't so, want a two-each draw. <laughs> but, you know, it's amazing that, you know, ten years ago, we were playing Lithuania and France in a double-header and won the two of them and everyone was confident going into those games. And it's just the complete opposite now. It's amazing how times change in a decade. And you, you, it's, what's really amazing is we were a couple of minutes of beating England just a couple of months ago and now we're back in the position where we're going, uh, how are we going to do against Lithuania? <laughs> It's like if you're that if you're good enough to almost beat England, then mm-hmm. you should be good enough to beat Lithuania. But it's just not that simple. It's it never is that simple with Scotland. No. But I hope I hope to God they prove me wrong and get the six points and keep themselves in my an outside chance. So good luck to them. Definitely. Yes. So anything else or is that us, Jank? Uh, no, just to mention the the, the Challenge Cup, uh, the next round's getting played at the weekend, so that's uh, wiped out the, the league fixtures, which means there's no charity bet this week. But um, yeah, there's some, there's some interesting ties in there. Um, is it four under 20 teams? Five under 20 teams are still in it. So you've got Aberdeen's under 20, you've got Inverness, yep. Uh, Motherwell's under 20 is away to Crusaders. A nice wee short trip for them. <laughs> Ross County's under 20s are away to Race Rovers, Hamilton's under 20s are at home to Cove Rangers, and the Hearts under 20s are away to St. Martin. Uh, also, Spartans get to host Winfield because Albany Rovers get tossed out for playing an ineligible player. Apparently, that's a rule now. Mm-hmm. But, 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 there was something odd, it was at Livingston or something a couple of seasons ago, and the same trophy had to replay it because he'd played an ineligible player. So. I think the SPFL are making this rule up as you go along. Um, depending on who you unless are. Unless they change the rules as a result. Unless they maybe change the rules as a result of that. Possible. I mean, Possibly. that kind of brings it into line with the SFA. They've always done with the Scottish Cup. Because if you play an ineligible player, you're tossed out. There's no excuse. Um, you know, Albion Rovers should know the rules, that how, how to register a player by now. But. Um, yeah, it seems to be a common, um, common theme with Scottish clubs for getting to register players correctly. Or alternatively, not register them correctly on purpose. To yeah. dodge the tax, man. <laughs> you had to go there. It's too obvious. <laughs> well, they were found guilty for it. They were given a slap in the wrist and fined £250,000 and that was it. And on that now, it's a good night from us. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Yeah, the Rangers fans probably tuned out long ago, so, yeah. <laughs> cheers. Remember, John, it's no good, it's no good night, because folk can be listening at any time. <laughs> All right, so, cheerio. Bye. Later. Later.